Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to this one-off episode of Headstrong with me, Louis Strong. Headstrong is a podcast where I sit down with a number of individuals in the public eye to talk to them about their lives and their careers. But notably, I want to talk to them about their vulnerabilities to understand what the word headstrong means to them. And to me, it means to believe in yourself to talk about your vulnerabilities and reinforce your self-worth. The reason for this one-off episode of Headstrong is because of the recent test win against Pakistan in Pakistan for nearly 17 years. I was joined by the opening batsman, Ben Duckett, who scored a 100 on his return to the test match side. We chatted about his return to test cricket the atmosphere within the England dressing room and his mental health and how that's gone up and down throughout his career. So I really hope you enjoy this episode of Headstrong. But first, a quick note from our sponsor for this episode, which is Sixes Social Cricket. Cricket, but not as you know it. Sixes reimagined the age-old game of cricket for the modern socialite. Precision sports tech and a global leaderboard meets world-class hospitality. You can feel the thrill, you can be the drama, and you can play the game of cricket. You can book at sixescricket.com using the code HEADSTRONG20. That's HEADSTRONG20 for 20% off net bookings, valid in January and February. So head to sixescricket.com to experience the game like you never have before. Now, let's crack on with the episode. Ben, thank you so much for joining me on Headstrong. How's it all going? 
Yeah, it's good. It's a pleasure to be on. I'm, I'm all good, thank you. I mean, you have had an enjoyable day off today, coming off the back of what can only be described as an incredibly exciting and fresh win in what is nearly 18 years in Pakistan. Talk me through those emotions firstly. Um, you know, ending that game on such a high, having all those people round the bat. What was that like to share that with the team? Yeah, it's, it's pretty special. I think, obviously, I'm fresh into the team. Um, it's obviously amazing to be back involved with this squad. Um, yeah, the whole the whole week was just a bit of a roller coaster. Um, you know, we weren't sure if we were going to fill the team before day one. But, you know, the whole squad really was in bed ill. Um, kind of made the decision on morning of day one, and and I'm pretty glad we did. It was um, yeah, from start to finish, really, it was almost the perfect game on a pretty dead wicket. Um, and to be honest, it, there was only one team that actually deserved to win. So, yeah, pretty good. It was us. Before we talk about the illness that went through the camp, you were selected to be in the team and you were flown out following the boys uh, down in Australia. Um, what was that like? Did you know that you were going to get in the starting eleven? Was there some apprehension yourself about getting in the starting team? Or were you kind of um, kind of going there ready to play? Yeah, I was definitely <clears throat> definitely getting ready to play. Um, obviously, I was I was in the squad for the for the last game of the summer when Johnny got injured. So, yeah, I had a pretty rough idea that I was going to be I was going to be starting. But yeah, I, I wasn't. I was kind of preparing for for both. But yeah, training wise, I was I was preparing, and I kind of knew a couple of days out that um, I was going to play. And even you know, I played in Abu Dhabi. And started in the warm-up game, which gives you a pretty good indication. So, um, I mean, generally, if you're in an England squad, you, you you train to train as if you're playing. Yeah, absolutely. But then we have this illness debacle that just ran through the team. I mean, that's chaos. How many how many of the fellas in the starting eleven were suffering? I think all but maybe four or five. Um, oh, no, actually, no. Starting eleven, and there was probably. Um, eight or nine, I think. Well, obviously, Jaxi then came in because because he was right. But yeah, I mean, we were yeah, we were still we were still ill day one. It was you know we kind of made a decision that we were gonna we were gonna get out, get out there and play, and thankfully we won the toss and batted. But I I was I was nowhere for most of my innings. I was I was kind of trying to save all my energy towards you know each ball I faced. It's not a bad day one if you're suffering ill and turning up. Yeah, but you know, obviously, rather have been fully fresh and and gone on, and you know, I was very disappointed. I, I, that should have been a, a big hundred. Um, so obviously, I was over the moon to to score three figures. But um, yeah, I pretty disappointed. I didn't go on and get a big score, despite the pitch kind of conversations and surrounding that regardless of what the pitch was like we, there was a result and that's what's incredible and that comes from the mentality i have no no doubt but from you personally going into this were you feeling on good form because you've just been out in pakistan as well for the the t20 series beforehand which must have put you in a good place yeah it's generally my game it's probably the best i've felt ever in my life um obviously i had a bit of time off after that Pakistan series and I didn't, I didn't really hit any balls until maybe a week before I flew out. Um, but yeah, I'm at a stage now where I can kind of do that. And then 
you know, when I do go into the nets, it, it feels like I've, you know, not been away for too long. Um, so yeah, I'm in a, I'm in a fairly good place and yeah, obviously pitchers, the pitchers are nice ones to bat on, but I think we saw in my second innings that anything can happen with a new ball. So yeah, it was still nice to get hundred in the first one. <laughs> what was that emotion like for you? That the second innings? Yeah, really tough. Um, it, we were in a situation where, you know, it was just going to be go out and have some fun. And I love those moments. And yeah, I was, you know, as it's, no matter how flat the wicket is, you can, you can always get out with a new ball. Um, but yeah, I was, I was, I was pretty, pretty gutted. But I'd, I'd have, I'd have taken a hundred and a golden duck at the start of the game. Would have got good odds on that as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Despite, um, you know, let's talk about the England Test team right now because it's in a probably past the transitional phase now and into a stage of such development and opportunity. It's really exciting, especially as a fan and someone who watches it. But what's that team atmosphere like with McCullum and Stokesy at the at the helm? Yeah, it's it's amazing. It's it's extremely relaxing. Um, you know, it doesn't feel like you're in a a test match dressing room. You know, it's it's I've never kind of experienced anything like it. And I think a lot of people are probably thinking, you know, when's it gonna end? Um and, and I don't it won't, you know, I think we're gonna lose games the way we play. Um but almost the harder the conditions, I think the harder we'll go. Um, you know, we I think the way that we we bowled on that pitch shows everything. You know, the fields that Stokesy set. Um, it's almost like a club game at times when, you know, some of the fields we've got, but it makes it that far more enjoyable. Um, yeah, it's I, I don't think I'll play in a better better team environment in my career. I mean, it's being talked about a new brand of test cricket, which can obviously make it so much more um enticing to a new audience. Do you think that it is really reframing the format? Um, I think those kind of things are down to, you know, what people think. Uh, honestly, it's, it's just the most simple game plan that we have as a team. And, and that's all it is. There's no, there's, there's no like pre-planning or, you know, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. It's genuinely just go out there and, and enjoy yourself. You know, if, I don't know if, uh, I'm pretty sure I could go and scoop my first ball in a second test and, if I missed it and got out, they'd probably Baz McCullum would probably tell me to go and hit it for six next time. It's it's that kind of um, atmosphere, um, which is which is so good because I've I've played Test cricket before and it was, you know, it's brutal and I think it has been for years. You know the way the media are, um, you know, in that dressing room, there's no care in the world about anything else outside or, you know, it's basically just, you know, play play your game. Um, the team will back you and honestly they don't care about what anyone says outside of that dressing room is that term basball used at all in the kind of england setup or is that just kind of this thing that's just been made by the media yeah never I, i'm pretty sure that baz hates it yeah um, that's what i thought as well yeah so obviously my first game i mean if that is such a thing, then it would definitely happen last week. But no, it would, that would never be used, and certainly not by him. Yeah. So now let's talk about your return to Test cricket. As you mentioned, there you took, you know, there was a significant period of time where you weren't in the England Test team, but you're back in now. Do you feel in yourself that there's pressure on your shoulders to stay and perform, 
do you worry about your performance or do you feel like you've got this maturity now as an older individual and with the kind of the management that Stokesy and uh, McCullum are, there's actually a lack of pressure? Yeah, I mean, I think generally the only pressure previously is the media and yourself. And yeah, I, I'd, I'd feel under pressure because I always want to do well in school runs. So in my own mind, yeah, of course there is a little bit. Um, but they've already stated and come up to me and said that I'm going to get a good run. Um, you know, no one's ever said that to me before or anything. And that's kind of what I need. I think this game is a perfect template of how I play cricket. I got 100 and then I got naught. You know, as an opener, you want to, you don't want to get 30s or 40s and chip away and stay in the team. Like for me, I want to get none or I want to you know go and get a good score where it's going to put us in a position to win um so you definitely need that time as an opener there's going to be series where it's really tough and you might average 20 in a series but then if we go and average 70 in another one um and yeah I think this is probably yeah the least pressure I'd have in a test environment and that's you know come from captain and coach and all the players um there's, there's certainly no pressure from from anyone else. So the only the only pressure I probably will find is is in myself, and that's trying to score runs. But I'm just trying to, you know, enjoy it, um, and you know, take all that pressure off myself. And you know, obviously scoring runs in the first game, it, you know, in a small series, kind of takes all the pressure off the rest of the series. I've come here, you know, got a hundred. You know, I really want to walk away now with with another one. Now I've got one, but I, I didn't think I'd have an opportunity to score a Test hundred. You know, a few months ago, so um, it's always nice to start well. I think that takes takes a lot of pressure off, and kind of you you know that the team will back you once you once you've performed. Did you overthink that return to Test cricket because you're thinking about a couple of months ago going? Well, this might not have even been an option. And then after your first test, you've turned up and you had this enormous gap. You were performing still in franchise cricket around the world in the county setup. But returning, were you did you overthink that? Were you going through possibilities in your head, or are you quite good at compartmentalizing that? No, not at all. Um probably when I was like 22, 23, I thought about playing for England, whereas I'd probably say the last two to three years, I've I've not even thought one bit about playing for England. I've just played for knots and enjoyed it and scored runs. And, you know, generally, I kind of was at peace in my mind that I would never play test cricket ever again. And that probably took pressure off me at knots. Um, and yeah, now I've just got to do the same thing for England. And um, it honestly you can think so much in your own head and put yourself in all these situations, but you've just got to back yourself and, you know, there's a reason why I'm here and you've just got to kind of trust the process and, and find ways to score now and just to say that too. I mean, how are you in terms of your own mental health now? It's kind of your, you know, you're 28 now and see, you know, those years of being a fresh 21, 22 year old probably seems some time ago, I suppose. Yeah, definitely. Um, I'd say I'd say pretty good. Um, I'm actually, you know, thankful now. I've been through numerous different tough phases of my career over the time, and I've probably found ways to to get by and and get through things. And um, I've always been fairly strong. Um, so I've I've kind of 
you know, I've never helped myself and even going back to school, always getting in trouble and stuff. Um, so someone's trying to call me here. That's all right. Don't worry. To, um, yeah. So men- mentally now, and obviously coming with age now, as you say, I'm, I'm 28 years old. I've kind of, I'm at peace where I know my game inside out. And I think that's a good place to be. I think, you know, you can always, whether you're struggling with runs or whatever, you can always fall back to, I know how to score runs. I know how I will, you know, the best way that I can perform. And I think that's probably where I'm at now. Do you kind of, upon reflection, is there anything that you regret in kind of those formative years? Or do you think actually to have experienced certain things, it's got you actually back in the test side in the sense that you've actually just scored a ton and there's no point regretting something? Yeah, that's kind of what I was going to say. You know, there's, there is actually no point in regretting anything. You know, things, things happen. And I think if you're regretting on something that happened whenever it was four or five years ago or whatever, that's probably not going to do me any good. Um, I'd rather try and turn it on a positive. And, you know, where I say that I'm pretty strong and I deal with things well because of what I've been through in my career. So what, is there anything that you in particular do for your mental health that helps you? you? I mean, we saw that you were out playing some golf today, but anything else that you get up to? Um, nothing in particular. Um, so, I mean, I've, I've had a girlfriend for a year now, which has probably helped my career. Um, probably taken a lot of pressure off my cricket. You know, when you're a young single lad, you know, you're playing cricket really for yourself. Um you know, whereas I found it's quite a good way to switch off, you know, she definitely levels me and doesn't care if I get naught or a hundred or whatever it is. Um, it's just a game, Ben. <laughs> well, that, that's it. And it's, it's only going to last another maybe 10 years for me. And then there's, there's more to life after that. So yeah, I've certainly, you know, put less pressure on myself um, over the past year or two. How do you find managing cricket in the calendar? Because that is such a popular conversation in the press nowadays. And, you know, you spend time playing cricket all year round. How do you find that and the pressures on your body, but also the head and being away from home? Um, yeah, it's tough in the winter, definitely. You know, in the summer, it's fine. You're just busy. Um, you know, spending time away from home with friends, family, you know, girlfriend, like I said, it's, you know, it's pretty tough in different time zones. You're playing all day. You might not speak really much for a few days. Um, I guess it's it's just uh, kind of non-negotiable. I just you just got to get through it. There's there's no there's no way around it really. So, um, and it's probably tougher on the other people. You know, I'm out here pretty busy playing playing. You know, the sport I love. Um, but I, I don't think there's there's any cure for that. You know, you probably speak to Jimmy now. He's been touring for 20 years. It's probably just as tough now as it was when he was, you know, 22 years old. So, yeah, you just got to find ways of, of getting getting through that. Well, I suppose one of the luxuries you both have now is that, you know, FaceTime and everything. I mean, I can't imagine touring 20 years ago when the internet was just kind of in those early years as well. It must have been so difficult. Yeah, it depends who you ask. Some of the, some of the old guys might have loved it back then, getting away <laughs> from kids and... Yes, so true absolutely right i mean what is mental health like in terms of cricket because i know the pca do a lot i'm interested to ask you what it's like in some kind of maybe county setups and franchise setups and then in 
the England dressing room. So let's talk about the kind of England first and what that support looks like. Yeah, I mean, I'd say it's, it's I'd just go by this group. It's, it's a very close group over here. You know, I'm, I'm fresh into it and there's so much support around you. You know, we've got a youngish coaching group um, who have spent time away from family and stuff. And um, there's, there's so many people you can kind of speak to. We, we haven't actually got a psych on this, on this trip, um, but they're normally available for you. You know, we've, you've generally got, couple of closer friends or people around your age who are going through similar things um so so yeah there's there's numerous numerous people you can speak to um you know i <clears throat> franchise is probably a bit tougher because you're playing in a team where most of them are from that country so you know you're only one of a few people who are actually away from home but that's i think generally you you get pretty close with your other overseas players because you're You've, you've all got something in common. Anyone, uh, anyone come to mind from your kind of time away that you've really developed a friendship with? Uh, I mean, Plenty, every I'm team sure. I've played in. Yeah, like I, there's not really one name that comes to mind. I mean, um, there's, there's so many different ones and you play in different teams, different people every single time. Um, but I'm a pretty simple-minded person. I, I don't tend to get too deep or you know with people i'm i'm not very close with so um i generally find myself just speaking back home or speaking to my girlfriend or something i'm just going to interrupt the podcast to tell you about sixes cricket the sponsor for this episode they're popping up all over the country you can play in london birmingham manchester and now in leicester gather celebrate and unite your team for laughter and healthy competition. Most importantly, no experience is necessary. And you can get 20% off net bookings using the code HEADSTRONG20 at checkout on the website sixescricket.com. That's valid for bookings in January and February. So head to the website sixescricket.com for 20% off net bookings using the code HEADSTRONG20. Now, back to Ben. So something that we need to talk about is injuries in terms of cricket, because I always think cricket injuries often put you out either for one match or you're out for a significant period of time. And you have experienced that um, where you kind of had to, you know, as you put it, relearn to hold the bat. What What's that like kind of when you're, injured and you're watching your friends your colleagues playing the game that you love but also your job and you're just not able to be there what's that experience like well i'm probably actually the wrong person to ask because i didn't actually miss a game when i did you that or oh, maybe a couple it was back end of the last game of the summer maybe and i did um i had the operation in the winter and i came back oh, early because i came back early for the first game of the season and i should have waited you know, I missed the first two or three games. Um, but I've been so lucky with injuries, touch wood. Um, yeah. And and generally, you know, I I dislocated my thumb last year, but didn't miss any games. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, I, I can only imagine what it is like and, and how tough it is. I mean, with the schedule being so busy, um, at times, you know, a break might be a good thing. 
um, <laughs> strangely. But I mean, if you were talking about a you know a county cricketer who you know only plays six months a year and kind of works in the winter and then gets injured and misses the whole summer, I can only imagine you know how tough that would be. Um, so yeah, as I said, thankfully I've I've not missed too many too many too many chunks of games. So let's look at your getting into cricket then, because I know that you were at Stowe, but where before that, where did cricket fit in? Was it something that your family's always done? Is this kind of always been a part of what you remember in your childhood? Yeah, my dad's my dad's cricket mad and, you know, he played a bit in his time and I just, it was really all sports growing up, football, rugby, hockey, um, cricket was just probably the one I was, I was best at. Um, yeah, from from probably the age of five, I was you know in the living room. My dad's throwing me a tennis ball, and I was hitting it. Um, yeah, so it's just a just a sport I kind of loved playing and grew up watching. Um, yeah, and as I say, especially with my height, it was probably the only one I could go into. <laughs> I mean, you seem like a good scrum half. Could have been a scrum half. Yeah, I was. I always wanted to play fly half there. Of course, of course. No, but um, what was that? What what did it look like getting into the professional setup? Because I know there's various different routes, particularly if you're from uh, in the north or in a certain city, you can go into different avenues. But what was your avenue into getting that first professional contract? Yeah, it was it was a pretty smooth. You know, I I played a few second team games from maybe 15 years old. Um, and then I made my debut at 17. I was at lower six at school. So, and that was when I signed my first contract. So, um, thankfully for me, it was a pretty easy and smooth. You know, I know a lot of players who had to work hard and didn't get to go till they're 21, 22. But that's where I was so thankful. I was at kind of a smaller county as in, in North Hants, and there were mm. so many opportunities to play. And I kind of broke in and I didn't even have to perform overly well to keep my spot just because we weren't the strongest side. Um, so, yeah, I kind of broke in from maybe 18 or so and kind of played played most games since then. Do you think that cricket just took the priority of school in terms of over the education side of things? Yeah, I mean, I'll use cricket as an excuse, but who knows if I wasn't, you know, going to be a sportsman, I might have knuckled down a bit harder, but I don't know, I kind of, I kind of knew that, you know, I, th- I don't think you ever know how good you are, but I kind of knew that I'd probably be all right and I'd, I'd play a bit. And I think, you know, playing my first game in lower six, my, my upper six was, uh, was a disgrace. I, I, I didn't, I didn't do too much work. I was, I was mean, I had quite a lot of skiving. Yeah, well, I, I only did uh, two A-levels, so I had so much time off anyway. And I was, yeah, one-to-one with my coach at school. And, um, I mean, I was, yeah, as you said, study boarding school. I had a great time. And I think teachers had kind of given up on me by upper six. They kind of un- understood that I was going to be playing cricket. So, <laughs> Have you got any good stories? Go on. It's got to be something. Probably, probably, I mean, I have hundreds of stories. But, I mean, I was always... I was always in trouble at school. Like, teachers kind of liked me, but I was always making making mistakes, and I, I got suspended two or three times. And <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely had my fun. I think all the best have been suspended. We're all guilty of that. 
That's it. And you don't have fun if you don't. It's a, it's a, it's the part of the learning process, as we as we as you've learned in your career as well. That's it's essential. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's it. <laughs> what about um, talking about talking about kind of then maybe a learning process? Have, did you remember any particular initiations joining any teams? Is there anything that comes to mind? Um, or is no, that kind really of the had... unwritten code to not talk about it? No, no. I mean, I've only had well two real teams. I've done it. I did initiation when I was young at No Offense. Um, I just I son call me maybe. Um, in Barbados, I mean, I was worse. so nervous. Um, yeah, I was, I was, that's probably the most nervous I've ever been. Cause I was only 18. Yeah. I was, I was shitting my pants then. Um, <laughs> and then, and then, yeah, Knotts was the same. You had to do like an act and me and Joe Clark, we sang goodbye, my lover by James Blunt, but we like, we like changed the whole words. So we kind of made it about us and about knots and actually it went down really well. And we, I think we did it at the end of the night because Chris Nash was in charge and he knew it was going to be good. So by then we were, we were pretty drunk. So it was, it took all the nerves off. That's absolutely quality. Yeah. Great that. Get you on Britain's Got Talent. Yeah. I'm not sure about that, but I think <laughs> drunk everyone seemed to, it was all right. Yeah, absolutely. Well, how have you, if you don't mind me asking, well, how do you find that relationship with alcohol when it comes to like downtime? Because I imagine when you're playing, it's so difficult to, you know, you want to stay focused and that's essential. But then when you do have downtime, you want to let off some steam. And probably when you were younger, more so than now, I imagine, that was probably quite difficult to find the balance. Yeah, I got the balance horribly wrong. Um when I was at Northampton, I was a young lad and like career was going well. My mates were at uni, you know, I was going out far too much. Um, I was kind of a uni student and playing cricket and thankfully it was going well. So, you know, I, I, yeah, but yeah, it's, I mean, it, cricket's quite a good sport in that sense that you can still have a good time. You can have a few beers. I mean, you, you could, you could have a beer after day one of a test match and still, you know, that's not a, not something that people, I'm sure Baz McCullum and Stokes here let me have a couple of pints after, after getting some runs on day one. Um, but yeah, it's just, I think you get to an age and some people get to it quicker than I did. You know, it probably took me till when COVID happened, but you know, knowing a time and a place and if I'm going to, if I'm going to have, have many beers on the weekend you know i'm gonna go for a run in the week or something and yeah I, as a young lad and at Northants, i just i got that horribly wrong i just played cricket and and got on the lash with my mates and had a great time and we spoke about regrets and i kind of don't regret it you know i had a, such such an amazing time had great fun off the pitch and and some amazing memories on it and you know i think I think some of the best memories you'll have throughout your whole career won't actually be on the pitch. It'll be in the pub that night after or, you know, a pub crew with the lads at the end of the season or, or whatever it might be. They're, they're where actually the, the great memories come from. I think there's that's exactly right. One of my favourite moments of watching England cricket is actually when I woke up to the news of when the security were kicking some of the boys out at like 6am of the hotel lobby because it was just like, 
what are you doing? And that's just that I imagine yeah. that's just like a great experience sharing that with the oppo and you're just still just having an epic time. Or when you see Leechy like reenacting his that single on yeah. the pitch, it's just class. Those are the moments. Well, that's it. I mean, obviously I'm in Pakistan now, so the celebrations weren't too great. We were just sat in a team room, but you know, I'd love to be involved at you know, beat Australia at Lords in the summer or something, or the Oval, and and sit on the outfield and have a few beers. You know, that's something that that I'd I'd love to do. So, talking of that, the Ashes a big goal of yours for twenty twenty three. Yeah, I mean, it's it's in my hands really. So, you know, there's potentially, luckily, there's there's only maybe four or five tests before then, and you know, I've been told I'm going to get a good run into the in the side at the top of the order. So, you know, putting two together, two and two together, that's, that gives me a pretty strong chance of being there, but you know, lots of things can change. Um, yeah, for me, it's just, uh, try and cash in on some flat wickets this, this winter, yeah. try and get some runs on the rub out, try and get, try and get ahead of the game. And I mean, to, as I said, like a few months ago, I never thought I'd play test cricket ever again. So, you know, the thought of, how different this summer could look for me compared to every other summer. You know, I've never, never really been involved in the summer. So, you know, a, a potential opportunity to go and beat Australia and England. Um, yeah, we, we won't say a goal, but definitely something that I'd be, I'd be buzzing to be a part of. I mean, exactly. I mean, it's one of those experiences that you know that each day of a test match will be sold out. And that's just such a such an amazing thing for test cricket. But also, it's just one of those fiercest rivalries with Australia and England. Are you looking forward to kind of going toe-to-toe? Because I bet you've met some of the Australian guys in your franchise cricket. But, you know, there's still that. You know, just, I just think about the, the sledging with David Warner. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, I mean... I don't think I'll be sledging, that's for sure. Um, not with that bowling attack, anyway. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I don't know many of the, the test team, actually. Um, the Australian, probably know maybe one or two. Um, but yeah, I mean, you kind of, as a player, you don't really think about that all that too much. Um, yeah, it'd just be incredible to, to to go and play against them. And, and also, if, if I was to perform or or get a few runs in that series, you know, there's, there's no better bowling attack to do it to. So I'm so up for that. And, you know, the way that this, this team play, you know, they've never played an Ashes series under this leadership or, or how, how this team plays cricket. And it'll be interesting to see, you know, cause they are such a good attack, but you know, when you've got a bit more freedom behind you, it's, it does make things a little bit easier. As a, as an opening batsman, then, you know, who is that number one bowler in the world for you then to open a test match bowling attack? Who do you think that is at the moment? Um, well, and he can be English. It, right. <laughs> what is it? Any bowler, any, but any bowler in the world, who would you go? Obviously you'll enjoy the challenge of facing them, but who, who do you think is that best bowler in the world at the moment for test cricket? Probably Pat Cummins. Yeah, I think he'd be he'd be tough. Um, so, yeah, I mean that whole attack. I'm pr- I'm pr- I've heard Josh Hazelwood's you know ridiculous left-handers, so that's always good. I might have to turn around and bat right-handed against him. Um, <laughs> Easy enough. But 
<laughs> but yeah, that I mean, obviously they've got a Gun Offspin and Nathan Lyon. I've faced him a few times. Um, I mean, that whole attack is you won't come up with against much tougher, I think, ever in cricket than than those guys. Well, it's going to be super exciting. I wish you all the very best for uh, the rest of the Pakistan series and some big runs. But my final question that I ask every guest is, what does the word headstrong mean to you? Oh, wow. It's a good question. Um, I think it probably can mean numerous different things or different things to people. But I guess if I, like, related it to myself it would be you know not letting kind of outside noise get involved in my in myself um just in the way in the game that I play you know someone who's headstrong I think is someone who can put all that to the back of their mind and you know go out there and play it play the game as if it was just another game which I there's probably not many people who can do that all the time if any, um, which is why in this in this sport it's, it's extremely tough to do. But yeah, I think I think someone who kind of knows in their own head what gets the best out of them, um, and yeah, more importantly, doesn't let noise from from the outside you know affect them. Good answer, absolutely. Uh, yeah, as I say, best of luck, Ben. Thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate it, and we're excited for the next test. Uh, it's my pleasure, mate. It's nice to speak to you. And that concludes this episode of Headstrong. I'd like to say a huge thank you to Ben for joining me on the podcast and also to Sixes Cricket for sponsoring the episode. Sixes have cricket, but not as we know it. They've reimagined the age-old game of cricket for the modern socialite. It's precision sports tech and a global leaderboard meeting world-class hospitality so you can gather, celebrate and unite your team for laughter and healthy competition. And you can get 20% off net bookings valid in January and February by using the code HEADSTRONG20 on their website, Sixes Cricket. That's HEADSTRONG20 at sixescricket.com for 20% off net bookings valid in January and February. So I really hope you enjoyed this episode of Headstrong and best of luck to the England team for the next two tests in Pakistan. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.